it's so uh, such a great privilege to be here. Um, I think it's the third time I've been to Bulawayo. very honored to be here very honored to be here this morning so my name is David uh, I've been married to my wife Kathy for 35 or six years I can never remember uh, we have two sons Matthew and Joshua 33 and 31 or 33 and 30 nearly 31 uh, live in Cyprus the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus um, we've been there for nearly eight years or well actually eight and a half years before that, we were 17 years in Qatar, Doha, Qatar. And before that, we were 10 years in South Africa. Before that, we were in Britain. I was born in the United Kingdom, my wife and I. We met in London, um, got married. Three days after we got married, we moved to Durban in South Africa. Three months later, we were saved. And our life has changed forever. Love, Africa. And uh, so grateful to God. I was in the marine industry from 16 years old until about 12 years ago when I had the opportunity to go full-time. And my job in South Africa, I was then offered a job in Qatar, in the marine industry in Qatar, uh, connected with the oil industry there. And so we felt right, it was right to go and move to Qatar. We just, Kathy and I are people that if we feel it, we will do it. We don't ask questions, we just respond, we go. Don't overanalyze. I'm not clever enough to analyze too much. I just do whatever we feel is right. So we moved to Qatar. I thought we'd go there to, I don't know, pray. Maybe support some old lady that was praying. I've got no idea what we we're going to do other than work. But unbeknownst to us, in our house, Jesus started a church. And then we had to learn about church. And we led that church for... 12, 13 years, no, I'm not sure, no longer. I, I, anyway, it doesn't matter about the dates. If I say I'll get it wrong. And the church grew, and we, like Vessie said, we became friends with people who were doing the same thing, and they taught us, and they trained us how to do church. We went to nations. And that church now, by the grace of God, is a, it's a big church. It's reaching into about 20 different nations in the world. And you know very well some of the people that have been there. Rob Buerta, I think he's been here. Uh, I handed over to Rob eight years ago, amazing man. Kevin Fennec, he's also one of the elders there. The Freddie guy, he's been here. So I'm just part of this family that have the privilege of sharing God's word and God's love. And all we need to do is just dare to be obedient to him. So about whenever it was in 2011 or 2010, leading the church. I had gone full-time by then because it was just too busy to do my job and lead the church. That was a miracle in itself. And then I came to renew my visa, my work permit, and they refused to renew my work permit. And they never say why because I have a white face. They never say why. If I had a brown face or a black face, they'd have deported me. But it was to do with the fact that my, probably, possibly due to the fact of my involvement in the church, so we were out. But we trained people. We knew the inevitability. There was more than enough leaders because we'd be training people. And I knew long before Rob knew that he was the person that was going to take over from me. So we had this transition. And then Kathy and I were released to go to the nations in something of an Ephesians 4 capacity to train and teach and lead uh, and help people plant churches 
and be discipled into following the truth of Jesus. And many places we could have gone to, but God said very clearly, go to the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus. And the eldership endorsed that, so that's where we live. It's the only country in the world that isn't recognized by any other country than Turkey. Interestingly, there are similarities between Zimbabwe and the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus. I'm not trying to say that we have the same economic difficulties, although that could come, uh, but it's very interesting. So I feel, both in my spirit and in my person, so at home in your beautiful nation. Thank you for the privilege of being in this incredible church. So I'm very grateful and I'm very humbled. And every time I get up to speak, I am terrified by the responsibility of sharing God's word. So you need to know I don't come up here with any confidence in my own ability, any confidence in my background, because God knows that I am not very clever. Every single thing that I've ever done and ever do is because God has done it for me and through me. So I'm very, very grateful to be here. So I'd like us to talk a little bit, if that's okay, about something that sounds really, really um, simple. But actually, it's something that's really, really important. And when I was praying about the privilege of being here, I, uh, I kept coming back to this, a couple of scriptures. So what I'll do, if it's okay with Bessie and the elders, I'll talk for 30 or 35 minutes, and then when I get to 30 or 35 minutes, wherever I am, I'll stop. Because I'm not very good at just doing a certain thing and all neat and tidy. Is that, is that okay? Okay. So I want to talk this morning, I feel in my heart, about all the words of this life. I want to talk about the Word. I want to talk about the Word of God all the words of this life. I'll talk a little bit about the gospel. And I'll start by reading two scriptures, and then we'll see where we go. So if we could just look at Acts 5 and verse 20, please. And as we're turning, I just want to pray, Father, would you help us to hear your word? But would you please, God, give us the courage and encourage, encourage us to be doers of your word and not just hear us. And would you, would you help me, Lord God, by your spirit to communicate that which you want to say and not anything else. And I really ask these things for us and for me. And call upon you, want to place a demand upon your anointing for you and us, me, in Jesus Christ's name. It's Acts 5 and verse 20. The angel the apostles had been arrested and freed, and in the process, the angel of the Lord, so in verse 19, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Go and speak to the people all the words of this life. And then if we can just please go to Colossians 1. Um, 
Colossians 1. And verse 28. Verse 25, Colossians 1.25, Paul speaking to the church in Coloss, and I believe the Holy Spirit speaking to the church in Bulawayo today. Paul was saying, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. To make the word of God fully known. Your job and my job is to make God's Word fully known. To communicate to people and to live out of the Word of God being fully known. The words of this life. The Gospel. Of which, I read again verse 25, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. In verse 28, in him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So what the Holy Spirit is wanting us today, and starting with me because I have the terrifying privilege of communicating God's word, is that we need to be proclaiming the words of this life to people. And we need to be living the words of this life, the gospel, in our hearts. And then proclaiming it. So the background of Acts 5 and verse 20, an angel of the Lord spoke and this instruction to the apostles. had been arrested, put in prison for preaching that Jesus Christ was Lord and Saviour and that he was God. They were arrested. They were put in prison. And during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak. Stand in the temple and speak the words of this life. The Gospel. What are the words? That the full information, faith, doctrine, truth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Words of this life, full understanding, doctrine, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that He's the Son of God. And that He died on the cross, and by shed blood, man can be saved and reconciled to God. words of this life. Words of salvation, words of physical, spiritual life, here on earth and in eternity. Words of this life, for now and for eternity. What is life? What is life here? Absolute fullness of God absolute abundance of God's life in us 
in spite of our circumstances and situations. Fullness of life, purpose, activity, vigorousness, a life devoted to God. What happens here and what happens where I live, although it's different circumstances, I live in a Muslim nation and a Muslim nation is very oppressive and it's very dark and, 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 and they never manage because it's quite a poor country, they never manage to finish anything they start and it's full of corruption and full of, it's just kind of hopeless. And so you kind of get to the point where you, re you realize you're sitting under this air of hopelessness. It'll be different here, but the same pressures that you're under. And you have to realize, and I have to realize, no, no, I live by the words of his life. We were talking to some people yesterday. We need to go up to the mountain, figuratively speaking, and spend time with God and be alone with God, and then come down from the mountain and have the words of His life invigorated again in us and understand the fullness of what God has given us through salvation. Acts 2.28, you don't need to turn there. And you've made known to me the paths of this life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. It's an amazing life we lead in Jesus Christ. Psalm 16:11. you make known to me the paths of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we live in God's word, and we live in the reality of the gospel, and we live in relationship and closeness with Jesus Christ every day, life is completely different. All the words of this life, fullness in and through Jesus. When we look around us in this nation, the nation I come from, or any nation we go to, we see the opposite. The opposite of a believer, as we know, is a dead man walking. And Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, I think. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the prince that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The world is full of dead men walking. And we, if you're saved today, have all the words of this life, all the words of the gospel in us through Christ Jesus in order to bubble up and come out completely change your life, revolutionize you and the way you look at life, but crucially, which we'll talk about, is to tell others about the fullness of the words of this life.
People ask Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Do I, do you, I'm not saying you don't, by the way, and, and I'm, 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 I'm not in any way applying any criticism whatsoever. Please understand me, I'm not applying any criticism, I'm just asking a question. Do I, and do you, communicate the words of life to the people of Bulawayo? and broader Zimbabwe and wherever you travel, and in my case, wherever I travel. I have tried to, uh, I'm not always successful, and I don't always get it right. But wherever I go, I try to touch someone for Jesus every day. Because the words of life, which about proclaiming. Sometimes it's just to go up to somebody that you don't know, give them a hug, kiss them on the cheek, burst into tears. Sometimes it's just to shake someone's hand, sometimes it's just to smile, sometimes it's traveling to put their bag up in the overhead locker, whatever it might be. We had the incredible privilege and experience of having a house built in a, this foreign nation where they speak Turkish, we can't speak Turkish, and there's no law and all of those things. And a lot of, a lot of crooks. But I'd see the builder, who actually turned out to be a crook. But every time I saw him, it's like a wrestler, this guy. Every time I saw him, I hugged him, kissed him, and he cried. You go into shops and places, not about me, please, I'm saying, I'm not talking about me, it's just an illustration. You go into places and somebody comes up and says, I like you. Tell me why I like you. I say, you don't like me, you like Jesus in me. And they say, but who's Jesus? Wow. He's the savior of the world. He's the son of God. You can build bridges to start to tell people the words of this life. We have a lady, a Turkish lady, that comes and cleans in our house. We're very privileged. She comes twice a week. She's still Muslim. She's not saved. But we, she knows Jesus as we talk about it. She comes in sick. We pray for her. She gets healed. She goes. I'm sure you've all got similar stories. But one day she's going to say, who's Jesus? Colossians 1.25, of which I became a minister, we read it earlier, according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. 
your job and my job on earth, along with Paul, the apostle, and many others, was, is to make the word of God fully known. And I believe, irrespective of our calling in God, which of course we're all called for specific purposes and plans, God's got great plans for each one of you to fulfill in the world, in, I mean in careers and in ministry, sometimes combined, sometimes separately, but it's all for Jesus. He's got a plan and a purpose. But in my experience, and I'm not an evangelist at all, but in my experience, the only time really that I walk in fulfillment daily is of course by spending time with Jesus, by sitting on the mountain alone with God, and by sharing the words of life with people. Whether they listen or they don't listen, whether they turn their back on me, whether they're aggressive towards me, or whether they cry, or whether they respond, that's where I feel fulfillment in the peace and presence of God, along with spending time with Him. And I meet so many frustrated believers, and I'm not saying anybody in here is frustrated, so I'm not criticizing at all, but in the course of life, I meet, meet so many frustrated believers, and they're just not doing the basics well. I'm a not, I'm not a great guy to come for counseling. I, I, I think counseling is great, and I think people are good at it, and it should be done. But if someone comes to me with a problem, unless I can discern that it's something really important, I'll say to them, make an appointment, come and see me next week, and during the week, read your Bible every day, pray every day, and tell, tell someone about Jesus every day. And they come back a week later, and I say, how's your week been? They say, it's great. How are your problems? I haven't got many. If we dare to be obedient, it's amazing how it changes our life. Now, I'm sure, and I agree, and I know, and I completely have compassion, I understand that some people really do need a lot of help and counseling and things like that, so I'm not saying it. But what I am saying is, many believers are not doing the very basic things well. So we're given this stewardship to communicate the words of life. It's not just the apostles. It's not just the elders. It's not just the guys that stand on the stage or lead the worship or, or have public ministry. Sure, not everybody is going to speak from a pulpit. Thank goodness for that. But yet we all have the responsibility and stewardship to be, communicate the words of life to people. And to be a steward is to have oversight and responsibility to take ownership of. So we need to take ownership, in my opinion, and what I try to do, of this fact that we need to communicate the words of life to everybody we have opportunity to. And I cannot stand church for justice for the people that come to church. That's not my idea of church talk, and I'm sure it's not the idea of this church at all. Church exists primarily for the unsaved doesn't exist primarily for the saved. Church exists for the unsaved. The get saved and follow Jesus' disciples and grow. That's why it's great to go to two meetings. Well, if that's what happens, if that's how God leads you. Because there's more opportunity. When you tell the words of life to people, they'll come in and they'll get saved. Of course, church needs to have 
its hospital wing, as somebody once said, to care for people and, and look after people and nurture people. And of course, church is a school where God is happy to send his children. So people are trained and equipped and discipled and trained for ministry and for life, whether it's life in business or life doing something in the life of the church. And of course, training for theology and all of those things. But it doesn't exist primarily for people who just come and sit and follow Jesus. I think we've missed the whole point of church. Church is bigger. It's massive. It's rich. And from this church, you are and you will continue to reach into many, many, many nations. This man is a man of the nations. Anyway, I digress. So we have this responsibility and stewardship, like Paul, I believe, to communicate to people the words of life, the gospel. You and I are entrusted with a message of salvation. We don't have to be good speakers. We don't have to be, you know, big vocabulary. We don't have to be clever. But yet we're entrusted with the very Word of God. Because if you are saved, the very Word of God, Christ Himself, is living in you. And what is in you has got to come out. Or God wants that to come out. You and I are to be workmen, as we know, 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. It's amazing. Timothy was already saved. His salvation was assured. But yet, God, yet Paul says, do yourself to present yourself to God as one approved. Salvation itself is fantastic. And of course it's amazing. But it's just the first step. It's just the entry into kingdom and yet so we have to work I'm not talking about works versus grace it's all grace people don't know me so I don't want to say the wrong thing but yet we have to show ourselves approved by God and how do we do that a workman or workwoman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth God has prepared in advance before time began God prepared things for you and I to do. Workmen and workwomen for God. For the creation of the world, you are known. You are predestined somehow. Things for you to do whilst you walked on earth in obedience to Jesus Christ. But even though as we discover that extraordinary privilege of working out our calling and gifting, that somehow before time began as we knew it, God knew that you were potentially could walk in it. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10, another passage of Scripture. We are still in our daily course of life to be communicating the word of truth. Some people have come to me in the past when I was leading church, and they'd come and they'd say, because it was a very multinational nation of people from all over the world, I think now there's 70 odd nationalities in the church in Doha, and people would come to me and say, Oh, David, David, uh, 
you know, you've got to let me lead worship. I led worship in a church. There's so many thousand people, and I've got to lead worship. I've got to do this. Oh, you've got to let me lead worship. And I'd say, there is no chance. You sit there for six months, let me watch you. Let me see, actually, if you tell others about Jesus. Let me see, actually, if you mean business with God. Or is it that you just want to exercise some gift that you think you've been given? And they'd say, but you don't understand. If I don't worship, I'm going to explode. And I'd say, well, go outside do it quietly where no one can hear you. Not interested. We've got a job to do. Worship is beautiful. But this young man, the elder in this church, he's been through the mill. He's paid the price. He's paid the dues. When he worships, I'm going to worship because I know his track record. You and I have to do our best to make the Word of God, the Gospel, fully known. And I'm not saying you're not doing it. If you're doing it, fantastic. Then great. And if you think about doing it, great. There's encouragement. Carry on doing it. But I want to say we need to be telling others about Jesus. See, more than fulfilling our purpose in life, and there's so much of the church around the world, people come to church so that they feel that their purpose in life can be fulfilled. Come and feed me, come and teach me, come and show me these things, come and tickle my ears. I'm not talking about here. Come and, I'm really not, but come so I can be fulfilled. And my purpose in life can be fulfilled. That's the complete opposite of what church is. The object of church and the object of being a believer, salvation, is to fulfill God's purpose on earth. So you and I are born and raised and saved. And we come to church to fulfill God's purpose in Bulawayo. No other reason at all. The bonus is... He gets God's blessing, he gets God's, lo God's love. He, of course, as we sing, he protects us, he surrounds us, he fights for us, he honors us, he helps us, he jobs. And as we obey God's financial system, tithes, offering, generosity, God's opened doors for us so that out of nowhere he can supernaturally create work, jobs, careers, etc. The miracle is in the house. If we do things God's way, God works. But the underlying thing, is we are here to fulfill God's purposes. And God's purpose on earth is to make His Word fully known to all mankind. And as we know, Matthew 24, 14, and then then will come. Jesus will come back for His church, His bride. the gospel is no gospel at all until it is heard and received by someone that's listening. It's no gospel at all, it's just words. Well, the gospel is the gospel, the good news. When it's communicated, it's received by someone, heard by someone, and received 
and lives changed. So our job is to communicate that gospel. Even if it is just start by hugging somebody. When we speak God's word, we're not merely describing or explaining something that has happened. When we speak God's word, it's a prophetic activity in that it helps to bring into being that which is spoken of. New life in people. So when we speak the gospel, we're actually prophesying over people in a way. New life. We speak the word and see them. Those people that receive come to life in the hearts of people. It isn't an accident that God chose preaching uh, this method to communicate the cross. God chose it deliberately that we would communicate the gospel from one human being to another human being. It wasn't because it was some un, in a, in an unsophisticated age before media and things like that. God deliberately chose that we, one human being, should communicate the truth and the words of life to another human being. Truth put into words. The truth transmitted by a man or a woman standing in front of another man or woman communicating the truth of the gospel using his or her own personality and anointing. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing it is to share the gospel with people. God's plan. Truth put into words. Truth prophetically put into action as people receive it and respond and are changed. What a privilege it is. Because that is precisely, why did God choose it this way? Is because it's precisely what Jesus Christ did when he was on earth. Obviously we are not God, we're just humans being obedient. Christ is God. Please don't misunderstand me. Yet it's exactly what Jesus Christ himself did. The Jesus Christ unique embodiment of the word of word of God, God himself, the embodiment of the word of God, walked on earth and spoke the truth person to person, communicating that truth, the words of life. And we are to follow in his footsteps and do exactly the same whenever we can, every day, to whoever it is. Now, we shouldn't be stupid, but I don't know about you, but I look and I'm not an evangelist. I can stand and I can preach and I can teach and I can get veins standing out of my neck and not one person gets saved. I am not an evangelist. But that doesn't disqualify me from out there telling people the words of truth. Because that's what Jesus did. The aged apostle John. John 1, 1, 1. 1 John 1. He said, you don't need to turn there, but he just embodied this, which we have heard, which we have seen, talking of Jesus.
So I believe we, and I know you know this, I'm just encouraging and reminding you, but I just felt and feel this is what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us and to me this morning. And all that we do, every opportunity that we're given to proclaim Christ through words, action, service, love. In other words, to proclaim Christ in all that we do. To proclaim means to have the intention of celebrating or openly commending and openly praising. So when we proclaim, it was from our hearts and we're inside out, celebrating public commend and praising God. That's what proclamation is, the truth of God. Preaching Jesus, and I'm going to close. Preaching Jesus is not just an invitation to come to Jesus. And I know it's not in this church, but so many churches come to Jesus, everything will be okay. You see people flooding down to the altar. And a week later, it's not all okay in their lives because they haven't understood the gospel message. They haven't allowed it to actually impact and change their hearts and then respond. So when we preach to Jesus, not just come to Jesus, the kind of message that Paul was proclaiming to the Colossians is that Christ is the firstborn of all creation. The Christ is the image of the invisible God. That through Jesus Christ and His blood, reconciled all things through him to God and of course especially mankind through his reconciliation of all mankind through Christ to God so when we proclaim Christ we're proclaiming the only way of reconciliation for man and only way to solve the problems of the earth is for man to come to God through Jesus only solution for Zimbabwe the only solution for the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus, the only solution for the EU or South Africa or wherever you go, Canada, wherever it is, is reconciliation of mankind through the blood of Jesus to God. So we've got to keep, as we're loving people and talking to people and proclaiming, keep the big picture in mind. That's why we've got to go up to the mountain or go into the... When I was at work, I... Uh, I was running a port, I was a harbour master of a port, it was a big port in Qatar for the export of oil and gas, and on the floor that the port office, where my office was, and the other pilots and marine pilots and things like that, there was no ladies, but there's one small ladies' toilet. And I'd have all these problems and issues and things that come, they promoted me to the harbour master, I'm not an administrator, I just wanted to drive ships and out a port, but they promoted me to the harbour master for God's goodness, all of these things. And I'd say, stop! And I'd run up the alleyway, I'd open the ladies' toilet, I'd sit on the toilet, and I'd put my hand on the sink, lock the door, and say, God, help me, show me what I've got to do. Go up to the top of the mountain right there in the ladies' toilet. Lord, what is the solution to this problem? And these things, sit there for 10 minutes, come back, be back in the meeting, say, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. God's wisdom. We need to be, you and I need to be spending our time not necessarily in the ladies' toilet, which is the illustration of the only place I can run and escape to in moments of crisis 
but I, I get alone with God and get the big picture. Jesus Christ, firstborn from the dead. Christ, head of the church. In all things created through Christ. In Christ, preeminent in everything. So I encourage you today, all the words of this life, all the beautiful words of this life, the gospel. And remember, it's only the gospel, it's only words, it's only the gospel when it's communicated from one human being to another human being through the personality of the communicator and the anointing of the communicator and the desire of the communicator and the person receiving receives it or starts to receive it. That's when it becomes a gospel and a transforming prophetic power of God's word changes lives, changes families, changes homes, changes companies, changes nations, changes the world. And we live in this incredible abundance and fullness. And as we strive to work out our calling in God on earth, what He's chosen us specifically, each one of you to do, so that this church can grow and grow and grow and reach many nations and many cities. Individually, we need to be on the mountain of God, the Word of God, proclaiming all the words of this life. Amen.